Good evening. It's good to be here tonight in the house of the Lord. I don't know about you, but it's if if you go too too long between church services, it's just kind of you're out of sorts. And I'm glad that we have a, a midweek service here. I pray that you're glad too. Um, we we are in Colossians and the next to last lesson of this series. Lesson 12, not the last time I'll be up here, but um, tonight we're going to make a little bit of progress, I think, Lord willing, in uh, in this. Still one verse, but you get multiple lessons out of it, so praise the Lord for that. Tonight we are in Colossians chapter 4, uh, verse 2. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us that God would open Unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. Let's go ahead and pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ability to come here. We thank you uh, for drawing us to you, for allowing us to meet here tonight. Lord, for filling us with your spirit. Lord, for saving us, first and foremost. Uh, Lord, we have much to be thankful for from you, Lord, the blessings that you give to us that we don't deserve, the world you you bless, uh, and it doesn't recognize you. But Lord, we call to you. We thank you in, in thank thanksgiving, Lord, for all that you've done. We pray tonight that you would help us to learn a little bit more from your word and to be ever grateful for you and for what you've done. We pray that you would uh, pray that you'd fill me with your spirit, Lord. <clears throat> and relaying your message here, Lord, I just pray that you get me out of the way. And Lord, just uh, help us all to grow closer to you in these days. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe may be seated. <clears throat> so as we said, we're in Lesson 12. Um, I have some printed out outlines in the back if you want to pick one up at the end of the service. I neglected to first passed them out last week and then uh, print them out last week and then passed them out this morning or this evening here um so thank you brother dennis so last week we started in verse two being to continue in prayer and there we looked at this word continue we looked at this word continue you know let me just pause for a second it's that time of year right and I have that scratchy through it. So I can recall leaving several of these cups of waters up here the last time. That's, this is not going to be today. <clears throat> so please excuse me if I'm extra quiet or rough around the voice uh, tonight. So, all right, let's continue. So last week we looked at verse two. We started getting into it. We only made it three words in. Continue in prayer. This, today we're gonna make it a little bit further. Continue in prayer. This word continue, we looked at it, and it having the idea of being earnest toward, so being earnest toward prayer, to be constantly diligent in prayer, to attend to with great care and perseverance, and there was that big word that I can't pronounce, and I'm not going to try to do it again, but if you want to, you can go ask me after the service, and I'll I'll point to it on a page, uh, and then you can butcher it as well as I do. So continue, um, has this idea of continuing in prayer, uh, to attend to with great care and perseverance. It's not something that, prayer is something that you shouldn't approach flippantly. 
Who are you praying to? Have you considered that? The one, the being who made everything you see and everything you don't see. I mean, I, I work in an industry where we make things, and, and many of you do. You do things. You put things together. You make things. You can point to it and look at all this thing. Wow, look at this little widget I made. It doesn't compare, right? God, uh, I've said it many times, the awesomeness of the God that we serve and that loves us um, made the great heavens above. We can Tonight, I think it's still clear out there, you can view three planets at this time of the night. We can see in the southwestern sky both Saturn and Jupiter. And if you look directly to the east, you can't miss it. It's that orange little dot in the sky we call Mars. God made all those things. God makes all the smallest of little atoms and the subatomic particles that physicists have identified yet. And I, you know what I believe? There's more yet to see. There's much more than that. You know, we go as small as we can. I deal in an industry that deals with things I can't physically see. What I do, I can't see it. Not with my eye. The light that we can see with our eyes, it's not visible to us. Yet there are smaller things than that that we just don't know about right now. We serve an awesome God. That's just something that I keep coming back to. And, and to approach him to this continuing prayer, to approach him flippantly would be just a... Just, just something that we should, should not, we should not consider to do. Um, just considering who He is—that He is the awesome Creator of everything that we see. So be, be careful on how you approach God. Um, but don't forget to. So Luke eighteen one <clears throat> says that, and He spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So this continue in prayer. We're, we're supposed to be in prayer continually, instant in prayer, one place that the Bible tells us. This is not to say that we are to do nothing else, right? God realizes that we're mortal. We have to breathe. We have to eat. We have to provide for ourselves through work and provide for our families. But we shouldn't be so absorbed in those things that we miss an opportunity to pray. We'll talk a little bit about that and a little bit later. But, you know, Romans 12.12 says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. And a parallel passage that we see, a lot of Colossians has parallel passages with Ephesians. Ephesians 6.18, Praying always with all prayer and supplication. Boy, that's just kind of like several different things. Saying, saying, pray with praying with... Uh, Praying always with all prayer and supplication, asking desires, asking of God, uh, of things in the spirit. And the parallel passage here, 618 to, to Colossians 4, 2, watching unto, thereunto, with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So the most concise way that I can find in... in uh, in scripture about prayer is the, the concise verse on how to pray is we'll pray without ceasing three words just pray without ceasing so pray frequently versus infrequently or not at all right this is something that we should be in a habit of we're, we're talking to god this is the communication channel that we have and i'm sorry i didn't didn't prepare on shannon's theorem at all that'll be that'll be down the line here a little bit but um pray frequently versus infrequently, right? God wants to hear from you. 
he's ready and he's got his ear waiting and ready and ready to listen. And it's not always like, God, help me with this. It's, God, thank you for these things. God, thank you for, you name it, the, the, the food that I eat, the safe passage that you've given me, the time of study in your word, the good day at work, helping me through my struggles and trials. It's a constant, it's a constant communication channel that needs to be opened and remain open and basically we're the arbiters of that so we can be as close to God as we would like to be God is always there and ready and waiting to hear from us so don't neglect prayer in your life all right so we didn't get to any questions last week that was kind of a summary of last week's lesson there but question number four in your books reads what are some factors that tempt a believer to give up on prayer anybody have any idea here what are some factors that tempt a believer to give up on prayer to shut down that communication channel <laughs> brother Austin oh, we got a third one <laughs> Right, we have a we have a myopic view, narrowly focused on on a point here, and we're not seeing the big picture. We might see, well, neglecting to say the 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 phrase is incorrect to see the forest for the trees, but we see the tr the big tree right in front of us, but we can't see the entire forest of what God has for us. Sister Lynn, that's kind of long <coughs> so right? I mean, things things. Uh, God, why isn't this working out to my plan? I planned this all out. Why? What's what's going on here? I prayed. I read my Bible. I go to church. Isn't isn't everything supposed to fall in line? Well, no. We don't see all of God's plan. God often uses suffering in the lives of believers, and their testimony that comes from it of remaining faithful to be a witness of Him. So those that are going through hard trials, Job is an example somewhat uh, in his life he didn't curse God he wasn't perfect through all of it and uh, in, in our trials we may not curse God as well and may not be perfect either but our testimony going forward to others is a, is a, is a, is a great example of, of what God has done for us and what he can do for others alright yeah not seeing immediate results that uh, past failures and praying regularly uh Distractions like your your. What are some factors that would have a, a believer give up on prayer? You're distracted by something else. Something comes along. Squirrel. Um, Nathan has a new squirrel for his birthday. It's one of the presents that he got. But you're distracted. Your past failures, or or in whether or not you're praying regularly or not. Like, uh, is it really worth it? Just kind of getting down in the dumps on things, but. Uh, we should remain hopeful and trusting in the Lord through all of these things. Like we said, we don't see everything. We don't see how God's going to use a particular situation in our lives. And uh, he doesn't have that for us at the moment, maybe. Maybe he will show you what's, what's going to happen. But we don't always know the entire picture. Things aren't always going to go to, uh, according to our plans, but they will go according exactly to his plans. So just trust in that. Question number five, what has perseverance in prayer accomplished in your life? Sister Lynn? I've seen my dad get saved. 
seeing her dad get saved, being persevering in prayer. Eight years of praying, and the and and he trusted the Lord as a savior, right? And that that's, it's not a once and done thing, right? It's not oh okay I prayed that one prayer now I'm done. No, this is a continual thing. We're supposed to continue in prayer, as Paul writes here. Anyone else? Learn to wait on the Lord. Learn to wait on the Lord, right? In His time, things will will happen, and in His way, things will happen. Brother Charles. Got rid of fear, right? The one I wrote down here, parallel to that, peace, right? Persevering in prayer accomplishes peace, right? You you give your burdens to the Lord, and he, and he'll he'll carry them for you. All right, so I get to use my slide here. Apologize to those that are watching online. Uh, we'll go to okay. So constant in prayer continue in prayer. Believers must continue in prayer even when they feel like giving up. And we have our list up here. Uh, I'll, gi I'll give you a hint. The last two or three are type text here. So, um, praying and redeeming. Those who pray consistently have a sense of or have a settled peace are joyful people. Have a thankful spirit. Have an interest in others' needs. Right? It's not all about me anymore. It's about what 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 are the needs of others? How can I pray for them? And type text here. Three. Yep, three of them. Okay. So we're going to move uh, to question number six. Question number six: what will unbelievers notice? in the lives of those who have consistent prayer lives. Well, we'll go back to our list here. Settled, peace and joy, humility, and a thankful spirit. Simply that. All right, point B on the outline. We're moving right along. Alert. The second part of Verse 2, continue in prayer and watch. We move two words. Okay, we're making progress here tonight. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Question number three, when you read this verse and you hear this, continue in prayer and watch in the same. The word watch in this verse means to be vigilant. What examples come to mind when you think of vigilance? Anybody have any, any ideas? Is it like, uh, is it Sesame Street? I don't know. Or there was a, the eagle that's part of Sesame Street. I don't know if anybody, I, I don't. When I was a kid, we watched it. I never remember seeing that eagle, but apparently that was something. And it's, anyways, it's it's not there. Um, yeah, it really never registered for me. But okay, so watch. What examples come to mind when you think of vigilance? Well, think of what we remember today, right? Today is Veterans Day. We're remembering the sacrifices of all those who've put on a uniform, who've marched out or flown out or sailed out into into battle or into 
the defense of our country and we remember their sacrifices, not only theirs, but their families and the times away. Those that have given the ultimate sacrifice to preserve the freedoms that we enjoy here in this country. And that's something not to be thought of, but uh, thought of lightly. So being Veterans Day, I mean, consider those that are out around the world at military posts standing watch, right? You, you stand watch. I mean, the obvious one is a soldier at a post uh, watching over an entry, an entry point. It could be the man who is standing at a station, duty station. You stand at a watch, apparently in the Navy. That's what it's called there. Uh, you stand post in the Army, possibly. I'm not sure. What do they do in the Air Force? Do they sit in chairs or? Okay, <laughs> I was I was only kidding with you. <laughs> it's it's what that? It's not that. Okay, yeah. So those those guys work hard too. I, my dad was Air Force. Um, on the on the uh, on the flight line, it's it's quite uh, noisy and not uh, noxious with all the fumes of the aircraft and and. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of dangers that these men and women are that are in, and, and we think of them as examples of being vigilant. Now, constant and consistent praying is, in, is enhanced by our staying alert to what is happening around us. So right as our military men and women stand post, stand watch, they're supposed to have their head on a swivel, right? You can't just be standing there looking at your smartphone, and then the bad guys just kind of walk right by you. That's, that's kind of a blooper reel on some comedy show of some sort. But no, you've got to be vigilant in the military when you're doing your job there. And likewise, in our prayer life, we need to be vigilant. We need to be staying alert to what is happening around us. And in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, Jesus told his disciples to watch and pray. And this is the same word translated watch here in um, Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. And throughout his... Um, his time with his disciples before his crucifixion in the evening before in all the gospels there's a tremendous amount of references to this exact instant this exact word and it's being vigilant Christ is his his imploring his disciples to be vigilant with him watch with me could you not watch one hour so be alert to our surroundings the world around us and in these days that we're not dragged down into it be on the lookout of what's out there. I mean, this is maybe transitioning into uh, the the wiles of the world, the evils of the world, but we need to be vigilant and looking for opportunities to pray while we're out in the world. We're not a cloistered environment. We uh, aren't huddled in, in, a, in a bunker someplace. We are in the world, but not of the world, and we are to be witnesses of Christ to the world. And in order to know how we can do that, we need to be aware of what's going on listen to people. We each have brought up prayer requests of co-workers or friends or family that are around. We're listening. We have, we have an idea of what the needs are out there, and we need to bring those forth and continue to call upon the Lord for those. In 1 Peter 5.8, Peter wrote, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion. Walk at the pout, seeking whom he may devour. This imagery that Peter writes here of being vigilant. You need to be vigilant because there's an enemy out there after you. Makes me think of the obvious African savanna, and you have animals all clustered together grazing on what remaining grass is left there, and off in the distance, hidden in a shrubbery, 
unseen to the human because we're not in tune with that environment, right? If we were to walk out there, we're going to be lion lunch pretty soon. But the great the lions in the periphery are just out of sight, waiting to strike at the weakest, slowest, and most unaware. And that is what P- Peter is getting at here. If you are slow and weak in your relationship with the Lord, whether it be in prayer or Bible reading, uh, and and being connected to God through the communication channel of prayer, the lion, Satan, is ready to come in there and swoop you right out of there, ready and waiting. He's unseen, but he sees you. Then when Nehemiah and his workers were rebuilding Jerusalem's walls, they faced overt and covert operation. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6 through 8. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. But it came to pass that when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped, then they were very wroth. Okay, so we have an enemy out there, that Nehemiah has an enemy out there that's not happy that these walls are being rebuilt in Jerusalem. And all these peoples conspired, all of them together, to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. So this is a adversary is coming to hinder the work of the Lord in rebuilding the walls in in um, Jerusalem. But how did Nehemiah respond? Well, they grabbed their swords and spears and ran out into battle. No. Now that's what we saw in the example from Judges last week that they went out of their own accord that all of Israel went out against Benjamin we got a plan let's go do this hey God is this okay if we go do this and God says knock yourself out and they didn't seek the Lord first but what we see here is that Nehemiah does seek the Lord first Nehemiah 4.9 nevertheless after hearing all of this stuff all these people and all these kings are going to come against them they're mad that they're building this wall again nevertheless we made our prayer unto God that's the first thing that they did. And again, that's what we saw in Nehemiah's example in chapter 1, is the first thing that he did was he prayed. And that's what we should be doing. It's not the last resort. Continuing prayer is not... Continuing prayer after you've exhausted all of your will and wisdom. No, that's the first thing you do. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. Seeking the Lord first in prayer also characterized most of David's life, if you look at his life. And the times when he messed up, he didn't, right? It's that he was relying on his own fleshly wisdom or desires, and he didn't consult God, and he got in trouble. And he suffered for it, and his family suffered for it, and Israel suffered for it. But when he did seek the Lord, the man after God's own heart that that God calls him, and God gave him the answer, and he's following after what God's wisdom is, then the blessings came, right? You know, it's, it's one of those things, if you look at the Bible, and you look at what's recorded in here, how can it not be of God, considering that you have a people and many writers that are writing of their own faults and their own errors, and they've messed up. It's not all the victories that they've written about, it's, it's their big blunders, too. And, and uh, 
what is it, how does the phrase go? History is written by the victors, and the, pers the perspective of it is, is that. And if that were the case here, Israel could do no wrong. They would, they would find a way to make everything rosy, and they would whitewash everything else. In looking at some of the history of the, uh, the Middle Eastern kingdoms during this time, I believe the Hittites, there's some ancient documents that will go and look at that they came to battle against Israel. And when they write it on their clay tablets and their their temples that they write about this, they, they whitewash it. Like, this is, yeah, we went down there, we had a battle, it was glorious. We killed a lot of them. And that's it, right? They won't tell you they lost. Um, but here we find that God has recorded because it's God's word, God's recorded the good things and the bad things as a testimony of ultimately of, of what to do and what not to do and testifying of his son, giving us a gospel message in here, the death, burial, resurrection of Christ and preserving it for us through the ages here that we can, we can look into it tonight. That's a wonderful thing. So just something to consider there that uh, we, have a, we have a great and wonderful book that God's provided for us. All right, so being watchful or alert and vigilant in prayer means also that we are aware of others' needs and are ready to pray. Now, how are you aware of others' needs? Got your ears open, got your eyes open, you're looking around, you got your head on the swivel, right? You're not just standing there staring at your iPhone. Although sometimes you can get some prayer requests through text messages and, uh, and, and occasionally the... How do I describe it? The time waster of Facebook. That's a light way to put it. But we can we can connect with others and we can understand what others' needs are and how to pray for them. And I'm I'm thankful for this church that we have this time. We we bring our prayer requests together on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights, and we raise them. We put them on a list. Take them home. We got a list to be of of things that help us remember what uh, who to pray for, how to pray for. Um, it's great. I mean, we have we have this tool that we can use and apply, uh, but we need to continue to have our eyes open and our ears open and our hearts open to those that are around us and, and understand what their needs are and how to pray. So, looking for opportunities to pray it could be anywhere. It could be at your work. It could be driving around. These are just my personal things. Like I don't do much driving anymore, but driving. Um, I'm not sure if anybody else out here, when you hear the police siren going off, I pray. Because they're, they're going someplace that they're needed, right? You don't willy-nilly turn on your police siren or your fire siren or your ambulance just to go for a joyride. They're going someplace important and somebody needs help. God knows who that is. Um, talking with others in prayer lists, but you know, the most important thing here is to be in tune to other needs, well, short of being in, turn, uh, in tune with others' needs and being able to be ready to pray, is making sure that you're in a right relationship with God first, right? Our prayers will be hindered if we're not in a right relationship with God. If that communication channel is broken down with the wall of sin between us and God because we've allowed it to be there, We've allowed that lion to step in front of there. We've, we've invited him in. We've invited that sin into our lives to block that communication channel with God. We need to get that right first. We need the right relationship with God and our fellow men on the, along those lines. All right.
point number C. Point number two, be uh, alert here. 1B, alert. Constant praying is enhanced by staying alert to what is happening around us. Got to have your head on a swivel. Uh, 1C, thankful. <coughs> I think we can make it. Thankful, 4-2 here. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. And what a wonderful time of the year that we get to remember, right? This is the Thanksgiving season. It shouldn't be relegated to just one day out of the year, in my opinion. It's every day of the year. There are always things to be thankful for. The first thing that a Christian needs to be thankful for is that God loves us and that he sent his son to die on the cross and rise again. And the simple act of calling out to him for forgiveness and trusting in the shed blood of Jesus Christ gives us that forgiveness of sin. God wants to give that to us, and we trust in it. We are forgiven once and for all. That's what this world needs. That's what Oregon needs. That's what our country needs. That's what Corvallis needs. And uh, we need to be willing and ready looking for those opportunities, be in prayer, looking for opportunities to share that message with the world around us. Because every person out there that we come in contact that does not know Jesus Christ as Savior is a breath, a moment away, a single breath away, a heartbeat away from eternity. We don't know when we'll die. And they don't either. And, and to that point, we need to be ready and have enough compassion on our fellow man around us to share. Now, share. The results are left up to God. Right? You can tell them. You can lead them. The phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can lead, lead a person to Christ, but you can't make them believe. That's their choice that they have to make. So we have much to be thankful for our salvation. Prime among it. When Paul penned the letter to the Colossians, he was he was living the good life, right? Paul was when he was when he was uh, when he was writing the letter to Colossians, he's sitting back on a beach in the Mediterranean, on one of those lounge chairs, the folding ones. Do they make those anymore? The ones when I was a kid, they had like little plasticky, vinyl-y, rubber bandy things. I think now they've graduated to a canvas um, thing. But no, yeah, Paul was was living a good life, getting a tan on a Mediterranean beach. Not really. He was under house arrest. Unable to move freely. His freedom was restricted. What we find is that he had peace about his circumstances, though. Right? He knew where he was going. He knew his eternal destiny. Because Jesus had saved him. Now, we, we hear that the record of his miraculous conversion on the road to Damascus. And my conversion was not that uh, spectacular, but it was just as meaningful and just as powerful. Um, Paul's focus was on eternity and looking upward. He's, he's looking forward. He's, he's firmly planted and focused on Christ. Uh, we were in Galatians, I believe, and I maybe coined the term of spiritual vector. Where is your spiritual vector pointed toward? Paul's was definitely pointed on Christ. 
His focus was on eternity with an ever-thankful spirit. Writing to the believers in Rome, he says in, Ro- in Romans 1.8, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout this whole world. You know, they, he didn't meet those believers yet. He'd only heard about them. And I think a significant source of Paul's encouragement as he's walking along, after he's, he's being beaten, he's being stoned, he's being shipwrecked, I think a significant source of Paul's encouragement was to hear that fellow believers, those that he had both met and led to the Lord, and others that he had just heard about through fellow Christians, that was an encouragement to him, to hear that they are living out a Christian life, following after Christ. That's, that's an encouragement. I'm not sure about you when I hear others test, testify of the Lord's deliverance or working in a situation or answered prayer one way or the other. Where, where, where God is glorified in it, that's an encouragement to me. When you hear that somebody gets saved, that's a, that's a major encouragement. That's, that's the most important thing that a person can do in this world. And then you can go on from there, right? You can go on to continue to serve the Lord. So Ephesians 1, 15 and 16, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints... He's hearing about them now. Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Right? He's giving thanks for hearing of of what they're doing and how the Lord is using them. And here we see that Paul is praying for them, specifically. There are people, uh, I'm not sure, whenever a tragedy occurs and somebody on Facebook will post something, well, I'm sending out vibes or hugs or prayers what does this mean to send out prayers no according here you make mention of a somebody in your prayers you pray for them you don't pronounce a memorized rote prayer what does that want does god want to hear recitation of some written down document of some sort no he wants to hear your heart in your words speaking what's on your heart to him in prayer. That's what God wants to hear. Philippians 1, verse 3, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day unto now. He's thanking God for these people. And he's, he's praying for them specifically. So that God wants to hear our specific prayers not just a general prayer. Oh, Lord, I pray for our country and wisdom in this. No. It's not, it's not a general prayer. It's for specific people. Lord, I pray for our president, that you give him wisdom, that you would save him, specifically for a person. Might be for a church. But more than likely, it's, it should be directly, directed and focused on a specific thing. Lord, I pray for world peace. No. (laughs) This world is not going to have peace until the Lord returns. And then there will still be some conflict until he finally puts everything under his footstool. Colossians 1.3 that we had at the beginning of this series here. We and Paul and Timothy are are, um, attributed to the we here. Give thanks to God and the Father our Lord 
of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Right, we're praying, Paul and Timothy are praying for the Colossians. This is very specific and directed. And it continues here through First and Second Thessalonians and Second Timothy and Philemon. More examples of this, of Paul being thankful for people, for seeing their life continue to serve God, uh, and praying for them. And in First Corinthians chapter one, before admonishing the Corinthians later in his letter, Paul writes, "I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ." Paul's going to go on and be pretty hard on him later in his letter. But here he says, I thank my God always on your behalf. He's thankful for God on on their behalf for the grace which God has given to them by Jesus Christ, right? They're they're born-again believers. They're carnal born-again believers, but they are believers nonetheless, beloved of the Lord. And he's thanking God for them. So Paul's prayers were characterized by gratitude, not grumbling. Right? Paul didn't have the the little umbrella drink of pineapple juice or coconut juice or something out of the coconut sitting on the on the on a lawn chair uh, in the Mediterranean getting a suntan. He, his Paul's were char- Paul's prayers were characterized by gratitude, not grumbling. If he were focused on temporal things, he would have given given into grief and temptation long ago, right? If Paul's motivation was, how many people can I get to follow me? And we're going to go do this big mega church project thing over here. We're going to get a whole bunch of people in there and a big, big, uh, I don't know, Zach Button Sultry band together and play some songs and, and have a worship band. If Paul's motivation were, were focused on temporal things. He would, have, he would have fallen apart long ago for all the grief and the struggles and the trials that he had. But Paul's focus was on the Lord. From a heart grateful to God for his guidance and pre- preservation, Paul instructed the Colossians to pray and watch with thanksgiving. Right? Continue in prayer. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Be vigilant in your prayer. Look for opportunities. Continue in this. This is the thing that you should be doing. Maintain your right relationship with the Lord so that that communication channel is not broken down. And be thankful for everything that you have. So obviously when we pray, we should find reasons for praise as well as requests for prayer. Right? It's not all about, Lord, give me this. Lord, give me that. It's Paul here specifically saying... Watch in the same with thanksgiving. Be thankful for the things you already have. There will always be one more little thing that you could want and have, but that one little more thing, when you get it, turns to ash. And if, if, if your motivations are not correct. All right, so we'll end on a couple questions here. <clears throat> Question number seven. For what things and situations do we find it easy to thank God? Sister Lynn, when the, blessings come, when the blessings are coming, right? When things in our life are going well, it's hunky-dory and sun is shining and and all the rest of these things. Yeah, when 
when it's when it's nice and going well there's your engine is running and firing on all cylinders which mine isn't at the moment it's firing on zero cylinders uh, that's another story but um but we can still be thankful right and we should be why question eight why is thanking god as we go through tough times an important part of our testimonies so when it's tough sister pat that's a time of growth right when things are tough when the chips are down what's really inside and what you're really trusting in comes out right because it is a witness of and serves as clear evidence of God's sufficient grace and sustaining peace, right? If everything is... F- Go ahead, Pastor. Spirit is really rare out there. It's a great testimony. Thank you for the difficult times. Just to have you thank the Spirit. You don't see it much right. in the world. Right, and it, it's regard... Yeah, you don't see a thankful spirit in, in the world. Um, I know we're all trying to sort through the election results and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I have a peace about that. Uh, I know God's going to work in the way that is right for us. We will get what we deserve as a country and who, who we deserve as, as our president. And the Lord will be in control and still on the throne. And that's my trust. So nothing has changed for me. God's still on the throne. And that, regardless of outcomes of election, doesn't matter. Christ is on the throne. And he's exalted. So things to consider this week. What are you thankful for? Just something to reflect on for the remainder of the week. What are you thankful for? All right, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time here tonight. We, and truly, I don't want to use that word flippantly. We thank you for the ability to come and learn and look into your word and grow closer to you. It is... It could be a a difficult thing in in times to come, but Lord, we thank you and rejoice in the freedoms that we have right now. Lord, let let us not take them for granted and and just be ever more grateful and thankful and give you all the glory and honor. We pray that you continue to guide us in this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.